Welcome to Documentary First, an inside look at a first-time filmmaker's journey. I am your host, Josh Lindsay, from the Movie Proposal Podcast. And with me is our first-time filmmaker, Christian Taylor. That's me. How you doing, Josh? Great, Christian. And sitting next to Christian is our man from Hawaii, Jason Rugg. <laughs> uh, let's see, what should I do this time? Uh, hello. <laughs> oh, Pavel has arrived. Jason yes, Rugg. I am from Russian Hawaii. Jason Rugg. All right. You um, know what? Jason did it again. What? <laughs> Last time we were here, you know, we get off and he goes, you know, have you ever heard of the so-and-so family? I'm like, no, what are you talking about? Then he tells the story and I'm like, why in the world are you saving that for after the podcast? Anyway, so, what did you say to me? So I asked Christian if she'd ever heard of the Donner party and, and Josh knew the story. It sounds like a fun party. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's it's uh, not a party. So actually the guys who made South Park, actually their first movie they made was Cannibal the Musical. And it was based on the Donner Party. And so the Donner Party actually got lost in Utah, got snowed in, and ended up having to eat each other to survive. Oh, my god! And so Christian's talking about how, well, it went west, and it was, I thought it was going to be warm. And I'm like, I think that's where the Donner Party was. <laughs> <laughs> and so I looked it up, and it was. How many of them were left? Uh, I know that they went to trial for one person in particular. It was Donner was the guy. And actually, they ended up – it's a really interesting legal case because they – ate each other in Colorado territory. And by the time they went to trial, Colorado had become a state, so they couldn't try him anymore. And so he got off. Mm. Wow. <laughs> because it's a, it's a whole thing. What but. a terrible story. Yeah, I have a question. The South Park guys, are they from Utah? That I don't know. Because didn't they also write the Book of Mormon? Oh, yeah. Yes, would, they did. So there's a, there's a theme here I didn't pick up on that they're... Yeah, uh, I wonder. yeah and in fact, um, South Park, that's... In Utah. Is that in Utah? Yeah. I've never seen an episode. <laughs> Someone's listening to this right now like, you idiots. How did <laughs> yeah. Just look this up on Google. Sorry. <laughs> Everyone knows this. <laughs> well, well, I anyways. didn't. Thank you for the education. It's cold. Yes, it's it cold. is cold. It's so and cold you eat other people. It was cold the whole time we were there. I was there for a little over a week. And those were not the only lessons I learned. Do you want to go into more lessons? Sure. I mean, I want to explain <laughs> to you, uh, you know, what happened while we were there. So it is true that while you are there, there are a lot of famous people there. And I remember somebody saying to me, wonder what stars you're going to meet. And I'm going to be like, that's such a fable. I'm not going to meet anybody except when I was on the street right behind Elizabeth Moss and Elizabeth is looking at me smiling and I was like hi (laughs) and she was like hi and I thought wow there really are stars here so uh, yeah there was a whole bunch I mean I just missed Will Ferrell Uh, my executive producer was hanging out with Jim Gaffigan right before I got there Uh, I did actually bump into Stanley Tucci literally and I had to be like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Uh, so yeah, they, they are everywhere. And I happen to be in the AP News Music Lodge, which is a private club. And like I said before, the uh, private clubs are where it is at in Sundance. My executive producer uh, you know, was there and he sort of brought us into this music lodge. The AP Music Lodge is a place where AP News brings all the stars in to do their pictures and a report. So they hang out here and while they're hanging out, they were listening to up and coming bands. So for example, I got to 
hang out for two days with the bass player of Train, Charlie Colleen, and the drummer of Sugar Ray, and two guys from Pond Star Kings. They're now a new band called The Side Deal. Uh, We got to hang out with Ophi, who is another up-and-coming singer-songwriter who was really awesome. They're there to entertain the celebrities while they wait for their interviews. So in that lodge, I was able to meet other like notable people in the industry who are producers or financers or things like that. Um, plus, it was the first whole day that I'd gotten to spend with David, you know, my new executive producer that I never really got to know. So that was really a memorable experience. So when it comes to like making these connections, like would you say, you know, anything has led to anything or could or what, what did, did David make any connections or is, is it do these things kind of come into fruition down the road or... Yeah, I think um, he. while he was there, the most uh, important connection that we made, he is on the board of the um, Savannah Film Festival, and the Savannah Film Office and the SCAD, Savannah College of Art and Design, oh, they, sorry about that. Yeah, yeah, they had a big, huge tent and a private party that we were introduced to, and I ended up spending a lot of time uh, talking with the dean of SCAD who was blown away, and the head of the Chicago Film Office. Both of them were blown away by the story and were like, oh my goodness, we need to get you mm. into Savannah. I would love for you to you know, talk to our students. They're very female friendly. The fact that I'm a first time female filmmaker at 53, uh, doing my own thing, funding my own stuff is very inspirational, she said, and would be to the people in her school. So the fact that I would be asked to do that, um, you know, she's also the one that is in charge of what ends up at the Savannah Film Festival. So that could be bode well for us. That was probably you know, the most substantial thing, I think, for the film that came out of that. Although I made contacts with a lot of other producers, I went to a few panels where I learned a lot of things. Uh, It also did not hurt that one of the panels I was at, the director of the new Go-Go's documentary and Belinda Carlisle herself were there. Mm. And the Go-Go's was my jam in high school. And all (laughs) of the Go-Go's were there. I freaked out. I was sitting right next to them. So they had to walk out by me. So I got to meet all of the Go-Go's. And then the next day, much to my surprise, I actually got into the Go-Go's documentary. And that's a big deal. Like if you don't have tickets right away to get on this e-wait list, everything's run by the app. Like it's super hard to get in. I got in, sat in the second row, got to, they showed up for this premiere. So I got to talk to all of them again. I was called on as one of like eight people to ask a question, but all I did was gush over them. Um, (laughs) So, uh, you know, there were, Sundance for me was a mix of practical application, Bonding with my team, learning new things about the industry, stuff I I learned. Like one thing that it was great, I went to this Canon workshop with the director of Cartel Land. You know, and you're just in these tiny little spaces, so you're right there with these people that have done amazing things. He was going from the documentary world, Cartel Land, to his new film, which is a narrative feature, but shot it like he did his documentaries. And so they were talking about documentary to narrative transitions. But in that... Somebody asked a question like, when do you know you're done editing? When is the end? And he's like, 
I screen the heck out of my stuff. And my editors hate me, but I just do tons of screenings to learn how to refine it. I was so affirmed in that because that's exactly what I've done. Sure. And I've done the exact same thing to get to this final cut. Uh, so I felt a lot of confirmation with what I was doing. I felt um, I learned a lot about the film festival process. because And so that was very helpful for me going forward, thinking about what festivals I want to be in, what that experience is going to be like as a filmmaker, um, etc. So, um, so yeah, going there was extremely helpful. So what's, what's next then? Because now you know you got this information and you ultimately want to get this into film festivals and make more connections. So now what? Yes. Yeah, so now I, um, fortunately while we were there, we ended up finishing all the things that we needed to finish on our film so that when I got back, we were ready for our to debut this final cut of the film at our friends and family focus group event on February 6th. So we did that. And after that event, I mean, it was phenomenal. It was, we ended up filling three theaters. We had seven veterans. We had six French people. The um, French general counsel to the Midwest, Guillaume Lacroix, was there. And he told me, this is the most unbelievable thing for France I have ever seen. We have to be helping you. Why isn't France helping you? And I was like, yes, why isn't France helping me? (laughs) So what's he going to do about that? (laughs) I don't know, but I hope he will help me get the footage that I need for free, uh, the archival stuff that it's going to cost tell me. That's what you yes, want? I was like, I this is going to cost me like fifteen thousand dollars. Can you help me get this? That's so, um, cool. <clears throat> so I've followed up. I need to follow up again, just because I haven't, you know, heard from him. <laughs> but I think I think we will, and uh, I think now we are in a position where, with the cut that we just did, we are ready to enter all these film festivals. So we've made submissions to five different film festivals right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, good for you. Thankfully, David was able to come on board, look at all the film festivals, figure out when where we wanted our like premiere to be and explain festival strategy to me. And we can go into that next time. But yes, that's been another learning experience for sure. I uh, You mentioned... Savannah College of Art and Design. Yeah. Uh, when I graduated with my degree in speech pathology <laughs> and decided I was no longer going to be a speech pathologist uh, and I wanted to go to film, I applied to three graduate film programs. Uh, one of them was Savannah College of Art and Design. They were also one of the three that turned me down. Oh, so. no. <laughs> oh, no. They, they actually, what they said was, is like, no, but. If you come and get some undergrad classes under your belt, actually, I think they wanted me to get a degree, an oh, undergrad wow. degree first. I said, yeah, but I already got my speech pathology degree. <laughs> Do I really need a film degree? Anyway, uh, so I didn't go there. I really wanted to. That was on my top of my list. But I, yeah, uh, it's apparently a really good school. I once worked on a reality TV show called The Dead Files mm-hmm. for a week and a half. I was a PA, uh, and they were shooting down in Peoria, Illinois. And so I, I was a PA for them, and one guy on the team – went to SCAD, and everyone relentlessly made fun of him. (laughs) (laughs) For it. Good thing I didn't go. And he was like the head PA, like he's, you know, the guy who coordinates all that sort of stuff. And they just talked about, they they would just be all like, oh, it's it's pompous Alex. Like they would just, (laughs) they they said he he had gone there and because he had really strong opinions about film and stuff like that. He he wasn't like a day player. Like he was a full-time member of the staff. 
but they just relentlessly made fun of him. For well, it. it has an an excellent reputation in the film community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, for I, sure. I, I wanted and, to go for sure. I one other thing you mentioned about not getting a phone call back from um, the French general Guillaume counsel. Yeah, Guillaume. <laughs> Guillaume. Uh, I, anytime I hear someone say, "Well, I called so and so, I haven't heard back from him yet." Um, I always feel compelled to say, to say, hey, you know what? That is, that is humanity. Humans are terrible about calling you back. <laughs> yep. And I'm, I'm in an industry personally, like my career is calling people. That's all, that's, yeah. that is the main thing I do is I call people and people are horrible. And at first you think it's like, well, it's, it's because I'm in sales or it's the industry that I'm in. It's like, no, you get involved in church. You, <laughs> you try and organize anything get people involved. People are horrendous. They are. Getting people's yeah. attention for something that's not their mission right. is next to impossible. I've learned that over the course of this right. two years. So, so, you know, to me, I don't take it personally. I just call them again. I write them again. Great. You just have to keep going. <laughs> so I'm not deterred. And I think, I think that's a great lesson because most people, they're like, well, I, I call 10 people and them call me back. It's a sign from God that <laughs> I shouldn't be doing this. Not at all. No. Nope. I think some of the best advice I ever heard about working with people in Hollywood is if they don't reply to you in a month, don't take it, don't take, don't take it as an affront. It's just that they got busy. Right, <laughs> yeah. right. Like right. that's really it. And so like to just keep following up and it's like I think the rule is seven times. You follow up seven times and if after the seventh time they don't get back to you. Then it's well. That's the, interesting you bring that up because in the world of sales, the average sale closes after on on the seventh contact. Interesting. interesting. Yeah. Well, you know, seventh is that perfect number after all. Yeah. The Bible does tell us this. I will say that people try to market themselves to me for a variety of things all the time. Uh, when it is a personal person who, and not just like somebody marketing their business that I don't know, if, if they've written me and said, I really want to talk to you, or do you have time for me, or I'm not offended if they follow up, because chances are I have forgotten. So... You know, if you're out there trying to get somebody's attention, don't give up. <laughs> well, I tell them, just follow up with me, knowing they're not going to follow up because people are also terrible about following up. That's true. That's true. <laughs> so, well, hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to Documentary First, where we believe everyone has a story to tell, and you can be the one to tell it. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to Documentary First. We really appreciate your partnership with us. We can't do any of this without you. So thank you so much for listening, for donating, and for following along on our journey. If you are able to make a donation this week, we really would appreciate it. We are supported by donors who give us $100 or less, so anything helps. Also, if you're able to share the news about the girl who wore freedom with your friends and family, please do that on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or email, and sign up for our newsletter at Normandy Story. Please go to normandystories.com slash donate to make a donation today.